0: Started in my own subway commercial outside on your patio where I went to get up from your uh, patio chair and rip through the mesh because I'm a large human being and apparently that's a sign that I need to lay off whatever I'm eating because it's not good you're laughing but that's like that's embarrassing for a big dude it really. Oh, is. Oh, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's, it's embarrassing. embarrassing for
1: anybody. I get it. I mean, you know, but God. maybe you should stop eating entire Jack's pizzas. Would they be, <laughs> see, maybe see be the answer? But Now coming
0: from a guy that's half my size, saying, "Oh, I could take down one of those." Then it's like, "Well, now I'm not supposed to feel bad, but now <laughs> I do." God, that's that's horrible.
1: Yeah, that that's um, that's a t- that'll be a funny one when I when my parents come over and they're like, What happened to your chair? i will be like, Well, here's the story. We were sitting, and then we weren't, and then the chair was wrecked.
0: There we are. I'm just glad I didn't like fall through the frame and so like my knees are well, at hey, my it, chin. It, it had to be when you like pushed it, up, it, it, right? It, yes. Yeah, Yeah, when I rock back and then I I yeah. I went to go get up. But that You it, gotta
1: push up with your arms, buddy, not not the lower half. Not the keister.
0: No, no. I'm I'm trying to get those squats in by elevating, and that's. I mean, I now all I'm thinking of is that subway commercial where the chairs rip, the hammock rips, and whatever else, and they're huge people, and stuff's just blowing out from under them. And now I'm starring in my You're real that life. Guy I am. I You're am that guy now. That's what I am. Yeah. <sighs> So, apologies to those who uh, tried to listen to the intentional foul last week, and I posted the link, and you advised me that it had not uh, posted. But we've got we've got half of usually what what our listeners are because we didn't have that much time it took about a week to post yeah. on apple Podcasts. i don't
1: know what was up so, with that no. i think it dropped well we recorded on monday, monday. tried to put it out tuesday morning yep. and i think it finally came on there either friday night or maybe saturday morning so yeah, that's
0: so that that was a problem with apple and i i apologize for that but our friends that host the uh, host the podcast at anchor are um assured me that they are doing everything right on their end and they said look at apple that's usually an issue so i'll get that
1: nerdy tim cook guy on the phone i'm a stockholder so i, I got my say <laughs> get your shit together yeah you have
0: enough apple products i don't
1: care that everybody in china is locked in their house fix your shit
0: <laughs> so we'll see how it goes when we uh when we hit the upload button on uh, on this one but uh we're flying by the seat of our pants yeah today. no notes today you're busy. Uh, at work and I totally understand. And uh, well, for most of it, I don't need notes because it's quite fresh. How I mean, are you like I was? Taught, I was writing my commentary last night, and I'm by no means the Bucks fan that you are, but I tried to throw together some notes and some tweets that I saw. And I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't sense a lot of heartbreak. I guess it was more just kind of disappointment. And it's like, yeah, it's that's that's the end of the run, and that's you know not. Totally unexpected when you're missing your second best guy. And there were a lot of comparisons where it's like, you take some of these teams right now and you take out their second best guy. They're not winning their series either. No. So, I mean, as, as much as they wanted to stay competitive, it just was really weird to me that there was so little help from everybody else. Like I said, flashes here, there of different guys. But there was like no consistency in this series from anybody except your star. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I am I'm, I'm okay. I mean, listen, 10
1: months ago they won the title. So it's it's um and they in I I don't think by I don't think anybody that watched this series would say that they went out with any kind of a whimper. Um I think, you know, obviously yesterday, you know, you would to wish they played better. You have wish the Celtics had shot a little more what they're capable Poorly. of, as 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 opposed to
0: shooting, kind of out of their minds. Um, so if they go down a little bit and the Bucks go up a little bit, I mean, oh yeah, that, I mean that should be a win because there seem to be some really piss poor shooting performances yeah. from Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, and we we'll we can kind of go through the series, but you know, the last two games, Boston outscored the Bucks by eighty four points behind the three point line. Like you're just not winning. You're not winning in the in the modern day NBA. Um, and, and it wasn't just one or two guys. No, it was it was, it was across it was across the board. And you know, and that's that's what happens, you know, all these people that discount players and and the national media for the, the last several years has discounted Middleton When it comes to talking about the Bucs, well, Middleton's a borderline all-star. Well, you can't win a title if Middleton's your second-best guy. Middleton's really good, and he's also really, really important to how the Bucs play. And he's the guy in the fourth quarter that does the majority of the ball handling and initiation of the offense, which frees Giannis up to play on the move and to play in space versus having to get the pass on the wing and play stationary where all five defenders are looking at him, and now he has to try to be a bull in a china shop and get to the rim. That's hard. I mean, for, for people that remember the first go-around when LeBron was in Cleveland, he the second-best guy in his team was Mo Williams. Nice player, made an all-star team. But when you're in the conference finals or the conference semifinals, that's just not good enough.
0: Your second-best guy can't be Mo Willis. No,
1: and and then your third-best guy, who used to be, is now the guy that was your fourth-best guy. And that's kind of what happened with the Bucks. You know, Holiday, uh, a lot of people rag at him. He played exactly the same in this playoffs as he did in the last playoffs. Didn't shoot it well. Shot, uh, made Shot, took, and made clutch shots in the fourth quarter of some of these games. And then on the defensive end, he was all over the place. Listen, anybody that's ever played basketball will tell you when you are going balls to the wall defensively, it's going to affect your offense. It's going to affect your shot, especially as the game goes on. And look, Boston's really good. Boston's the best defensive team in basketball. They have, they've been the best team overall in the NBA since basically Christmas. Um, so none of this really should be that big of a surprise that they lost. Um, Frankly, if you're honest, Boston probably won six of the seven games. Um, you know the Bucks win, the Bucks blow a lead in Game Three, and get lucky that the tip in is a fraction of a second after the buzzer, so they hang on to win. They absolutely steal Game Five. The Celtics completely choked it away, and the Bucks actually it was the one quarter in the entire series they were hot. They made they went six of six from three, steal that game. So, you know, Boston was clearly the superior overall team, as, as, as I think played out as the series went on. But I'll, I'll go to my grave believing that if Middleton is healthy the entire series, I think the Bucks win it in six. Um, but it doesn't matter. You know, last year, uh, James Harden and Kyrie got hurt. The Bucks beat them. Um, you know, the year before that, Dragic gets hurt in the finals in the bubble against the Lakers. The Lakers win the title. The year before that, Durant tears his uh, Achilles. Toronto wins the title. Couple of years, the first year LeBron's back in Cleveland. Kevin Love gets hurt in the second round. First game of the finals, Kyrie breaks his kneecap. Golden State wins the series. So this happens every year. You know, sometimes you get those breaks, and sometimes you don't. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, the Bucks had a big injury last year in Divincenzo. And fortunate for them, they were able to overcome it because he wasn't one of their top three guys. Um, you know, they. I, I just was telling people that were texting me flipping out the last two games. I'm like, dude, they just don't have enough firepower. Bottom line. You know? Um Bobby Portis averaged fifteen points a game this year. I think I don't think he had more than fourteen in a game.
0: He had fifteen and ten yesterday. Yeah. No, that was Lopez, I'm or, sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think Portis had the fourteen point fifteen rebound game in game five. Other than that, he sucked. Brooke Lopez was awful the entire series until the first half yesterday.
0: Is it just because they're being dependent on, like you said, they rise to that next spot in the order and they're being asked or dependent on to do more and they just can't? Or well, like, that's part it, of it, I It just think. seems like a very, very domino effect, like this guy can't do it, then that guy, then that guy, and it's like sooner or later everybody, but Giannis can't do well, much.
1: A lot of people like to say that the NBA regular season doesn't matter. Right? I hundred percent disagree with that, and I think the bucks were a perfect example of why it matters. Brooke Lopez missed 70 games, man. And then he came back at the end of the season and they just threw him back in the starting lineup, demoted Portis, who had had a fan the, the best year of his career. So you one you know, one person could say, well, they went back to their original rotation, this is what they did last year, blah blah blah, they should have been fine. Well, yeah, but that's not how it works. When you just throw a guy in there like that who's coming back off of back surgery. It wasn't like he rolled his ankle. He had back surgery. And now you demote a guy who has gotten comfortable playing with certain guys coming in and out of games at certain times. When you it, it's so different when you go to a gym and you know you're starting versus well, am I starting? Am I coming off the bench? I don't know. How many minutes am I going to get? Like, Pat Connaughton knows I'm not starting. I know at the six-minute mark of the first quarter I'm going in. Like, guys are creatures of habit. That and, allows and you to mentally for sure,
0: prepare for that for particular sure. scenario. You know,
1: now people say, well, Portis was fine in the Bulls series. Well, yeah, but the Bulls aren't that good. You know, you're playing better competition now. And, you know, I you, get, you Give Boston credit, man. Like I tweeted, it took the greatest game of Al Horford's life for them to come back and win game four. It took the greatest game of Jason Tatum's career to come back and win game six. And it took the greatest game of Grant Williams' career yesterday. That took 18 three-pointers. 18 three-pointers! It took those three things... Middleton being injured and the bucks to shoot historically awful from three, second lowest for Boston to win that series. So all things considered with when you when you look at it that way, I don't know why anybody would be feeling a ton of angst right now other than just what might have been if they'd have been healthy.
0: You probably read the Celtics coach after the game when they talked about, the last regular season game and, and the Bucks resting their starters in Boston played theirs because there was playoff position and jockeying to be had. And he said some of the effect of this is why we played our guys to be able to host a game uh, like this at our place. Mm-hmm. Um, if it went to this, I mean. Do you think that that was the what was was the long play, or do you think also that it was also a shot? Because he said something about you know we don't have just one guy who's doing everything for us or something like that. Because there were some people in the Milwaukee and Wisconsin media that kind of ter- interpreted that you know like that was, this team wasn't very good because they just had one guy. Like where are you at with well, all that? I guess the one
1: guy thing. I mean, well that but again that was out of, that was born out of necessity. Mm-hmm. You know, Giannis can. Dribble in, draw three defenders, and throw it out to Grayson Allen. But if Grayson Allen keeps missing threes, well, what the hell? At some point when you're when you're that good, and Barkley and Shaq talked about it a little after the game. Like I think Giannis in the second half, he was like four for twelve from the field. He only had eight points. But they're getting you're watching your season slip away as that third quarter progresses, if you're Giannis, and you're looking around and nobody is helping you nobody you' you're trying to drag these guys with you and they just they can't go they, they they've gone as far as they can go so you just say oh, i'm gonna try I'm gonna try to take over and in other games it had worked and yesterday it didn't um as far as the home court thing goes i I don't know i I, I don't love resting guys. the bucks did it at the end of the year because they had some guys banged up. You know, it's easy to say how important Game 7 is when you win it at home. But, I mean, Boston won two games in Milwaukee. I was
0: just going to say, how many games and, and did Milwaukee, the other teams and, win in and the other Yeah, arena? and
1: Milwaukee won two games in Boston. So I, I, I'm i not sure in this particular series it mattered that much. You know, did, was Grant Williams more comfortable shooting those threes at home than he would have been in Milwaukee? Yeah, sure. But the Bucks didn't shoot well from three the entire series. and. and you know, that's it's, it's personnel driven. I thought that at times during this series, they looked very slow and plodding. Um, Boston was younger, faster, more athletic at almost every position except center with Horford. Um, I don't know. I, I just, you know, George Hill's about to be 37. He's done. He's washed. He's still under contract for like four million next year. I, I don't know what they do with him, uh, but he, I mean he he was he did nothing in the series. I think he might have made one three in like four games, and he was getting absolutely cooked defensively. Um, Boston basically ran the same play the last four games, and they were running a high pick and roll, and they were trying to get either Grayson Allen. Pat Connaughton, or George Hill isolated on Tatum and Brown. And then it's just a one-on-one game. And those guys are better offensively than the other guys are defensively. And those guys got good shots or got somebody else a wide-open three constantly. I mean, those shots, some of those shots Horford was hitting earlier in the series and some of those shots Grant Williams was hitting yesterday, those guys, those are like pregame jumpers. Nobody around. Nobody's around. I mean... You know, Brooke Lopez, I, I understand why he plays so much still at this stage in his career, and it's because he's a great rim protector. And we saw it in the first half yesterday. He had like three blocks. But if if he's not dominating or at least being a big factor on the offensive end, he, he you can't have him out there. Because every time Lopez was on the floor, because they knew he was going to drop in the coverage, Boston chuck threes. As soon as Lopez came out of the game and Portis came in, they went to the rim every single time. So they, they had a strategy, um, and it worked. And the Bucks had a strategy, and it didn't. And the strategy was to make Derek White and Grant Williams and Al Horford and all these other guys shoot threes, and they made them. I mean, you tip your hat. Guy made seven threes yesterday. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? But the Bucs got some big, big off-season questions. This is... Um, you know, now you you are now in the Giannis prime years. So one of them's gone. You just you just I don't want to say wasted, it a, I mean, you're, but you yeah. you know one of them's gone. The first year of that contract extension is gone. Now you got four years left, and I and really it's probably three. Um, you know, Middleton is eligible for a big extension, and it's I I think if he if he opts in to a player option for forty million this year. He's then eligible for a four-year, two hundred million dollar extension. If he opts out, he's eligible for a three year, hundred and fifty million dollar. So either way it's fifty million a year. Can't pay him fifty million a year. You just can't. I love Middleton. Um I would love for him to stay on the bucks, but you can't pay a hundred and almost forty million dollars to Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday and have two of those guys be over 30. I I just, I I don't know how. You have to be so lucky with your health. That's that's a tough one to swallow because you've got so many other holes.
0: So if you can't, if you're not going to pay him, how do you stay where you are talent-wise or get better if he's not on the team? Well,
1: you'd have to trade him. You know, you'd have to trade him, and it would have to be because
0: you got to get pieces back yeah, that are going to contribute. It'd have
1: to be like a him and somebody else for three guys, him for two guys, kind of a thing. You're not going to get an all-star caliber back for Middleton, I don't think, at this point, at that dollar figure. Um, but you know, it's one of those things. I don't know who's paying him fifty million.
0: You know, somebody dumb enough to do that. I, We'll, we'll, we'll find out
1: how dumb these guys are when we see what Philadelphia does with James Harden. You're going to pay that dude $60 million in five years when he's 37 years old and it already looks like he's about washed up at 31 or two. So we'll, we'll see. But, you know, I, I mentioned George Hill. Um, he's got next year under contract four years. Lopez is under contract next year for 12 or 13. Don't know what's going to happen there. Um, You know, Grayson Allen's under contract next year I could see Grayson Allen getting moved Because he's on a low number And he's not a bad player But his flaws were exposed in this series Um Because I think he was just asked to do a little bit too much And, uh, you know, Connaughton has a player option Portis has a player option I will be surprised if those guys are both not back Especially Pat I think he'll be back for sure But, you know the Bucks have, like, the 24th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as I want to do, I like to look <laughs> this stuff up. The Bucks, since they drafted Giannis, have been atrocious in the draft. Wow. So, I'm going to read you off some guys they've picked here okay. in the last eight drafts since Giannis. So, 2014, number two pick, you get Jabari Parker. Unfortunately, he gets hurt, yep. doesn't work out, might have been, who knows. Second round that year. Damian Inglis 31, never played. Johnny O'Brien 36, never played. Lamar Patterson 48, they traded him, never heard even heard of him. 2015, they have the 17th pick. They take Rashad Vaughn, garbage. Never even gets a second NBA contract. Their second round pick, Norman Powell, they traded to Toronto. He ends up winning a title as a contributor on the Raptors and is now uh, I think he's on the Clippers, um, and he's he's turned into a pretty nice player. 2016, 10th pick, Thon Maker, garbage. Never gets <laughs> to a second NBA contract. Second round, 36th pick, they get Brogdon. Turns out to be a nice player. He moves on for bigger money. Okay, great. 2017, DJ Wilson, garbage. Not going to get a second NBA contract. 2018, 17th pick, DiVincenzo. Solid player. Had to trade him. Won the title without him. Um, that is one thing, though, going back to this season. That couldn't have turned out worse, that trade. Because in this series particularly, he would have been a godsend to have on the floor with his speed and athleticism and ability to create some shots. Um, I understand all the reasons why they traded him when they traded him for Ibaka, you didn't know what was going to happen with Lopez. You needed another big body. They weren't going to pay Dante in the offseason. I get everything. But to trade a guy who was going to contribute for a guy who never even got off the bench, basically the entire playoffs, that hurts. Um, let's see. 2019, they take Kevin Porter at number 30, and they trade him. I think he's on Houston now. Um, 2020, they take R.J. Hampton at 24, trade him to to Denver and they take Jordan Wara at 45, and then last year at the 31st pick, they take Todd Isaiah, who I have no idea who that even
0: is.
1: (laughs) So really, out of all those drafts, Jordan Wara in the second round, DiVincenzo at 17, and Brogdon in the second round are their only viable NBA players. That's in eight years. So they have done a very poor job of drafting and then uh, developing the talent. I mean, the fact that Jordan Wara... I keep kind of going back and forth here. I'm sorry. I'm I'm all over the place, but Budenholzer. So stubborn. Javon Carter played really well in the Bulls series, really well in game one of the Boston series, not very good in game two. George Hill comes back in game three. We never see Carter again because he, quote-unquote, trusts George Hill. Well, great. Then let him babysit your kids if you trust him. <laughs> I don't trust him to guard anybody, and I don't trust him to make shots. He's garbage. Um, you know, when you're when you're in a Game 7 and you're 4 for 20 at some point from 3 and the season's slipping away, you can't throw in Jordan Wara to maybe try to make a couple shots. Something? I... I, I... I don't know. After Grant Williams hits his fifth three of the second quarter, like, <laughs> you, you know, maybe switch. When Tatum's going ballistic in game six, like, double him maybe? I don't know. Maybe maybe trap him, try to get the ball out of his hands? I, I, just a thought. You're going to try to single cover him with these guys that are seventh and eighth men? This is one of the six or eight best guys in basketball. Like, what are you doing?
0: That's That seems to be, as a passive fan that I am, in hearing either big games in stuff that happens or situations and flaws that Budenholzer has, I, I hear the word and read the word stubborn mm-hmm. going around, that he is reluctant to do things, he's set in his ways, he has his plan, and even if it winds up blowing up or is detrimental, he sticks to his guns and that's what he wants to do.
1: This series, was it was just like last year when they played Brooklyn, man. They single-covered Durant
0: and he destroyed
1: them. All series. He averaged like 36 a game in the series. He had the 50-pointer, and then he had the monster game in Game 7. And, you know, unfortunately for them, he missed a shot. The Bucks won. But, yeah, he was just like, oh, yeah, P.J. Tucker, just go guard Durant. P.J. Tucker's 36 years old, and he's six inches shorter. Like, what, what do you – like, at some point – What's the plan here? I mean, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, well, last year you win. This year you lose. So – you know, and it's the same thing with giving up the threes. The Bucks give up the most threes in basketball. That's their defensive philosophy. But... I think going forward they have to change. I just think the shooting anymore is too good.
0: Is that going to come from the GM or some of the front office people? Like, hey, bud, it has to. Let's talk about this, and maybe let's watch some film. Or, it has to. I mean, you. I mean, just throwing out the statistics that I read in the game when they kind of encapsulated the series, and it's like even the that you just mentioned the last two games of the series. Like, how many points? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot. That should make a coach. I don't know how you justify that. I guess. You know, you bring that up to him and like what could his defense possibly be? This is what we do. This, <laughs>
1: I I mean that's kind of the And it gets you to kind lose. Of the mon- well but it but it won you a title last year. See, and that's the thing. That's I I fully expect Budenholzer to be back. Um because they're not the Lakers. They're not gonna just fire a coach that just won a title like the Lakers did with Frank Vogel. Like Bud's got a little grace period here and that's that's okay. I I'm fine with that. But I do think that philosophically they got to change some stuff up, and I think that's that's where the Brooke Lopez piece. If you're going to continue to play the way you've been playing, then Lopez will be back. If they're going to try to change something defensively and maybe try to get a little bit more athletic, which I think they need to do, maybe he's somebody that is an expiring contract you you peddle for for something. I it, it's the same thing with Middleton. I love these guys, man. The, these guys they're like the. Um, this Buck group, they are like the uh, they're the Braun, Weeks, Hardy, Hart group for me. You know, I love these guys. I hate I hate to see him go. I hated to see Prince leave. It's like yeah, I mean, you can't pay him that. Right. You know, it's the same thing with Middleton. It's like yeah, you can't pay him that, man. If you if somebody else can give you that, great. I appreciate everything you did.
0: So one more question about Bud that I saw on a ESPN Milwaukee poll: Great coach, good coach, average coach,
1: good coach. He's a good coach. He's had too much success in the NBA. He's won multiple coach of the year, been to the finals, makes the playoffs every year. I mean, he's a good coach. Um, but it, it just, you know, those those little things get magnified when, you know, Giannis gets 44-20 and 20 at home in a closeout game and you lose by double figures. You know, even though Giannis didn't play great yesterday, he had 25 points, 20 rebounds, and 9 assists. First of all, how the hell did he have nine assists? Who the hell made nine other baskets? <laughs> I saw that number, and that was the most shocking. It's like, holy shit. He had nine assists? Where? Who?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, the guy had almost a triple-double in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. He had 10, 9, and 6 in the first quarter. So, I mean, and that's, you know, at some point, somebody else has got to got to come along for the ride. You know, I mean, it, it, uh, it reminded me of... 2018, Game Seven Western Conference Finals, Golden State against Houston, where Houston missed 27 straight threes, and that was similar to what the Bucks did yesterday. And then again, like I said, it reminded me of the early Cavs, LeBron, where it's like Drew Holiday is a good player, but Drew Holiday is a good player. He's not a great player. He's not a, especially offensively. He's a good offensive player. He's not a great one. And you know, as that series wore on, you just saw Boston had four or five guys that could get the ball and break you down off the dribble and make a play for themselves or somebody else. Bucks had two, so you know, West Matthews is another guy. Brilliant. He says he's not going to retire. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him back, and I'd be okay with it. But he can't. But he he can't start. You know, if he's your eighth guy and he's playing twelve minutes, fourteen minutes, great. Playing twenty seven minutes is too much.
0: Something we saw last year with Portis was his player option, which he declined, and then he resigned for a one year deal. Now he's got that again, and Connaughton, I believe, has a player option too. Are they gonna they gonna decline those and see what's out there? Or the I Bucks th- gonna come back?
1: I think those guys will probably decline it and 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 resign. I think when the Bucks probably brought Portis back, I'm sure they told him we'll we'll try to take care of you because. The NBA contracts are a little messy. Those two guys have what they call early bird rights, and what that means is that the the team that has their rights can sign them to more money than the slot or the cap allow. So the the Bucks are up against the luxury tax though, and they're going to be in the repeater offense so you pay more. Oh, if you really? if you keep if going over the tax, you you pay more than everybody else. So you know, we'll see Lazarus and Edens how deep they want to go into their pockets. I you know, and I'm I'm sure when when Giannis re upped, that was a discussion. You know, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna commit long term, you guys gotta commit long term to spending money. And and they really should because right if you're not gonna
0: spend it now,
1: when are you ever gonna spend it? You have you have the best player in the league. Or, or 1A or 1B, whatever whatever you want to say.
0: You also just made a shit ton of money on playoff games that weren't in your budget that you factored in. Because well, and just, not...
1: and just the Giannis factor, how much that brings. I mean, the city of Milwaukee is not painting murals of Christian Yelich <laughs> on the side of buildings. Right. I mean, they're just not. Right. So, I mean, all in all, uh, solid season. Excellent effort in the playoffs. I thought they were great defending champions. Um, I give them all the credit in the world. They fought to the end. They just ran out of gas and kind of ran out of bodies. So,
0: all right, is that all you got on the Bucks season? Yeah,
1: and then uh, and then season? and then as as low as you're feeling as a Buck fan. Oh my god, you're not feeling as low today as a Suns fan because at least the Bucks showed up and tried.
0: I didn't watch any of that game, um, and I had some stuff to do to get ready for the week yesterday and was doing fam stuff and whatever. And I just, I was just scrolling through Twitter, you know, I think it was in the third quarter and I just saw somebody's screenshot that was, that was watching the game and it was 80 to 40 Mm -hmm. in favor of Dallas. And I was like, it like, it almost looked like somebody had Photoshop or like created it. Mm -hmm. I went, that can't be right. So you texted me. I know, but I, then I turned on the game just to confirm it. And I went, Whoa. Yeah. Holy well, I told shit. you a- after the buck game ended, I
1: just kind of needed a break. So sure. I, I didn't, I started doing some other stuff and I, I turned the channel back on and, and I think it was early third quarter and the score was 62 to 27. And the announcers like Dallas is in the midst of a 35 to five run. And I'm like, well, is it, this is re is what is this? I had to hit the info button to make sure I had like the right, was this like an old game? <laughs> How are you down forty at home in a game seven?
0: I wonder what that building was like. Like could heard a pin drop. Once that started to happen, like people are just people like looking sideways at you well like what what this happening?
1: is it's Luca time man and, and Devin Booker and Chris Paul kinda turned their nose up at him early in the series and were a that little dismissive great. of him and uh he stuck it in their ass. And I think that he's gonna have a monster series against Golden State. I don't know that they'll be able to win. Um but we'll see we'll see and how, and
0: how about heat and celtics
1: i think boston will win really yeah um no. i'm i i guess if i had to pick who i'm rooting for i guess it'd be miami you know jimmy butler Marquette, tyler hero wisconsin kid but i don't really care for any of these teams that are left honestly i mean i like luka but i was but just
0: going to say i thought that was luka's
1: he he wears on he's he's a whiner. okay so Right. But thank God, at least with the Bucks being done, we don't have to watch that fucking green-haired idiot Marcus Smart flop like a fish out of water anytime anybody looks at him. I've never seen anybody in my life spend more time on the floor or around people's knees and ankles in a basketball game than him. I thought Brad Davidson was bad. This is just a whole nother level.
0: I just don't get how you... And I, I understand from a competitive nature, people do a lot of things to win. I just don't understand how you can be self-respecting and look in the mirror at the end of the day and be like... because And, that, and, and that just, stuff and just is, be proud it's because, of yourself. It's
1: because it's celebrated. And By who? Well, by their teammates and by the fans when you win. It, it's... And we, we can move on off of basketball because I'm about talked out, but... I think the NBA needs to take a hard look at some things going forward in terms of if they if the league office really cares about their the product and the state of the game they got to look at some stuff the 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 flopping in the charge thing and they they got a little bit of it out with some of the flopping on shots that like Harden and Trey Young were doing the last couple of years that's kind of moved out of the league but yeah I I don't know like. When a guy flops and it's not a charge and he's laying on the ground up under people, that's a dangerous play. They have to make that something. Like, start calling fouls on the flop. Or it's a one-shot... Or do it like college. Like, you get a warning, it's a flop warning, and if you keep doing it, it's a technical foul. It's a team technical, not a player technical, but it's a it's a free throw. They gotta do something, because... There's just too much of that in the game. It was ridiculous in this series, and oh. and look, the Bucks were guilty of it. It's in some respects too. George Hill and West Matthews were flopping around screens quite a bit themselves.
0: But compare NBA officiating to NFL officiating as far as egregiousness and and what people think as how it's how it may or may not ruin the product that that you're watching.
1: Well, I think.
0: Are there similarities? Yeah, there's
1: similarities. I think a lot of people think the NBA, you know, a lot of people say the NBA is rigged. It's rigged towards certain teams and stars and markets and things of that nature. I don't believe that. I like, well, like yesterday. Yesterday's game was refereed completely differently than the first six games. Giannis averaged 12 free throws a game through the first six games. He shot six yesterday. Explain that to me. I don't understand What's that. What's changed? It wasn't like he was completely shooting jumpers. He was still in the paint. You know, they were calling. You know, there was the play early in the game against Grant Williams, where Giannis got the ball in the lane, took a dribble bump, hit him. Williams took a dive. Giannis stopped, and was kind of waiting for them to call a charge, and then they didn't call it, and he scored, and the Boston people go crazy, and then like a quarter and a half later, the same exact play happens, and they call it a charge.
0: I heard the announcers say that that was not the same call that we in in the same situation that we saw last time. But it's the same, like it's this, the same. Like they were actually calling out like there needs to be a little bit yeah. more consistency in what you're and, doing, and Giannis, which I was a little surprised
1: about. Giannis is very difficult to referee. I understand that. So was LeBron. So was Jordan. So was Shaq. So was Kobe. That's what makes these guys great. But yeah, there has to be some level of consistency across the board, and and you know I don't know. If that's, you know, maybe instead of rotating a set of referees every game, maybe it's the same set of referees the whole series. Maybe that would be a terrible idea because maybe a player would try to kill a ref. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But something's got to change there because, you know, too many stoppages, too many guys laying on the ground, too much complaining, um, you know, because at the times when that's not happening, the, the shit is fabulous to watch because these guys are unbelievable, but you know, for for Grant Williams to weigh 270 pounds and fall down like he just got shot, eh, that's a little much, a little much.
0: All right, that's a, almost a good 40 minutes of NBA talk to kick things off. Um, let's go to football, and before we get to the schedule, the the big news today was the Packers— uh, signing Jairi Alexander to a four-year, eighty-four million dollar deal, which makes him now the highest-paid corner in the league. Um, and you and I were kind of chit-chatting about it. Michael had sent me the the heads up from Shefty, and then I I sent you that. But your your point is 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 well taken. It's a it's a guy who's coming off an injury, and you're paying him a boatload of money, and it's a dude who has been refreshing for me to watch as a Packers fan because it's a corner that that reminds me a little bit of Charles Woodson in the fact that he'll come up and he'll take on a block or he'll throw himself into a ball carrier in order to make a tackle. He's not one of these that I have seen guys that will try and make an arm tackle and then just spins off and gets left in the dust, which I appreciate. But then you put your shoulder into a guy and you get injured and you're gone for most of the year last year.
1: Well, that's how these guys tackle these days right yes, that's yeah. what
0: so it's i mean you're doing everything right with your shoulders but that's fine but the size difference is working against you so you have to you have to kind of balance that into do you really want to make this play or do you want to be around for the next dozen you know what i mean so i'm not sure he's worthy of being the top paid corner already um i, w- I was i i read the twitter uh, account of the guy who follows the or a, d- does the cap stuff for the Packers, and he said he thought maybe originally to get it done, um, it was going to be four years, eighty million. So they tacked on an extra one and whatever, and maybe they're looking at a three-year deal when it's all said and done instead of a instead of a four-year deal. His base salary is very low, but again, we're running into and Andrew Brandt said it today, the former cap cap dude for the Packers. Um, he said you're you know you're saving now to pay later. You know, because they're up against the cap. His base salary is really low. But here's the thing, as far as the on-field product, you've got him, you've got Stokes, and you've got, oh, the third guy. Douglas. Douglas. You've got those guys under contract now for all in the same backfield for three years. Minimum. That's a pretty good secondary right now. Stokes looks like he's going to be a good player. If Douglas is not a flash-in-the-pan one-year guy that they picked off and and he winds up working out, and Alexander's already proven that he's really good, that's a pretty damn good three-corner rotation that that you've got for two two receivers spread out and one guy in the slot. I am happy with that. Um, And to me right now, their defense looks pretty damn good. It's it's almost it's not overshadowing the offense because you've got Rodgers, but I'm looking at the defense and I'm thinking that they're going to keep them in a lot of games this year, and they might have to mm-hmm. because the point production I think is probably going to. Yeah, I don't think the Packers gonna are going to be scoring
1: thirty a time. No, not like they've been.
0: No, but I but I you know I'm not afraid that when another team gets the ball in the closing minutes that well this game's over, <laughs> right. right? You know that they're just going to march right down the field. And, you know unless somebody throws an egregious interception, but. You know, I'm going to have confidence that this defense can probably get it done. So I'm okay with that. It's not my money. Like you say, I don't care, but you know, it's, it's a lot of money for a corner. It is.
1: But you know, I, I kind of look at corners in the NFL, like, like wing defenders, three and D guys in basketball. Like you just got to have them because the way the game is played with with passing league, you got to have corners. You just got Mm -hmm. to. And I mean that's why the Bears drafted a corner and a safety with their first two picks. Like, you know, everybody in this league now wants to sling it around forty times a game.
0: You got to get guys that can get to the quarterback, and you got to get guys that can defend the quarterback. Yeah,
1: like for years and years, it was always the linebacker. Everybody got you got to have the middle linebacker. Everybody, when we were kids on football teams, the stuck your best athlete at middle linebacker and Pop Warner. But like those guys now, it's kind of like yeah, if they're good, great. But we don't really need them to be great. Like we just kind of need them to not suck, right? Yeah, because it's that the it's on the line and in the back end that is where all the all the playmakers are.
0: What well, it is, yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm cool with that, and it's it. I mean, it's it's nice. And somebody wrote a wrote a nice thing today, which which I totally agree with. It's that the Packers. It seems like they're cheap because they don't spend a ton in free agency typically they have a couple of years like when they signed the smiths and billy turner that was a big free agency year but what they do is they grow these guys and then they re-sign them to huge extensions
1: yeah i don't think i think i don't think the packers are cheap i think they're risk averse that's fair i I don't think they're cheap though but then they're more they're more and i understand i get it i mean this is i i think this is the ideal situation oh the formula i think is great if i can give money to a guy i know as opposed to a guy who I don't know.
0: I'm going to give it to the guy I know. And then what winds up happening when you can't afford one of those guys is you flip him for extra collateral to go get playmakers. And then the cycle starts all over right. again. Right. So it's like they, to me, I think they figured out how to do that. Um, do you yeah. think
1: Do you think Jair Alexander sent uh, Devontae Adams a thank you note for freeing up all that money?
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I think he probably should have. You know. Because I don't we, think
1: he's getting eighty-four million if Devontae gets uh, gets a long-term not. deal.
0: I would say not.
1: So, so I think I think in the long run, you know that that will end up working in the Packers' favor. Devontae Adams asking out. I
0: kind of agree.
1: As good of a player as he is, mm-hmm. like we've talked about, wide receivers usually aren't the difference in whether you win a title or not. I mean, I know Cooper Cup was great last year, but that's kind of an aberration more than the For norm. Sure. Yep. But uh, yeah. I I mean hey I I said it a couple weeks ago when we talked about the draft I think this is you're seeing a a shift in organizational philosophy with the Packers and as you would expect in year 4 of LaFleur and and Gutekind's being together this is going to be a run first mm-hmm. defense let's try to win 23 to 14 as opposed to trying to win 30 to 24
0: sure you know yeah. so That's- um, and you and I were just kind of talking before we before we went on. The NFL has done a good job, and I, I, I get why it's king, but they do a good job of spacing out their stuff in the offseason just long enough where people can start to forget or look into something else, and then they come and they hit you right back say, hey, we got this. We got free agency. Oh, that was cool for a while. <laughs> okay, now we'll turn our attention. Oh, hey, we got the draft. Oh yeah, this is cool. Okay, yeah, we'll do some draft stuff for a couple weeks, and now we'll go back to the NBA and baseball. Hey, we got the schedule. Hey, we got we got OTAs. Dumbest day in
1: sports, by the way. But hey, a- we- but anyway, it's it's the, it, it is what it is. It
0: is. I mean, they've they have marketed themselves right now so well, <laughs> just to keep them on people's minds year round. Yeah, with maybe a couple of weeks in between stuff. And just when you start to pay attention to something else, they come back with something, and you're like, "Oh, football's happening." Mm-hmm. Kind of, but and then before you know it, training camp rolls around, and then you're into the season. So they they did the big schedule release. Um, you want to go first with your Chicago Bears, and and take a look at. I mean, there was a there was a five game stretch in there that I identified. They got two road games, a home game, and then two more road games where I was like, "Oh, that that could be." That,
1: the Bears you're yeah, talking, yeah, yeah. See, I haven't, I haven't sat down and looked at their okay. individual schedule. I've, I've kind of only looked at the full season. Right. Um, yeah, I mean we can go through. I, I, I just printed out the entire season schedule and okay. just highlighted a few. Basically, you know, all the conference or all the divisional games mm-hmm. they they play every year. But you know, opening night should be a fun one. Yep, Bills at the Rams. Um, we will have. A new NBC crew, yes, with Tarico and Collinsworth for new that ESPN game. ESPN crew. Not sure I'm loving any of these crews, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, week one, Bears at home against the Niners. That's a loss. Week one Packers at Vikings that could be a loss. That's a that's a tough opener.
0: I have that. I have that being a loss to open the season.
1: And then uh, the kind of the marquee, the other marquee game is the night game, uh, Tampa at
0: Dallas. But it's just so weird with the Vikings. We talk about this. They always look good on paper, but now they have a new GM. They'd have a new coach. Maybe their on-field product matches up with who they have on the roster. I have no idea. But i I just don't. I just don't think that starting up there. Starting the season up there is
1: God. Though you, is a good you, you you think they gotta be, but they lost so many. They pissed away five games last year. You know what I mean? And I know. I don't know. All right. Um, let's see. Week two. Not not a ton going on, but that is our first yep. Bear Packer game Sunday night. Um, I hate that.
0: You love non noon games. You love.
1: I them. hate Bear Packer night games. I just fucking hate them. Like I want that <laughs> at noon. Then I can I, watch that game and I can move on with my day.
0: I might have to take that Monday off. I might have to talk to my, my uh my guy Hughes at uh at NBC and see if he'll have me up for Bears Packers at Lambeau Field, watch from the trailer or something and maybe get some maybe get some access. I don't but, know. But
1: that's got my Bears owing too. it. All right. So um week three, Bears at home for the Texans. Boy, he better win that one. And then uh Marquee game in the afternoon, Packers at Tampa.
0: Loss I don't know. Loss. We'll see. I they play I'm like. Just, I don't matter but. who they play in Florida. They play like shit. They play like shit against Jacksonville. They've got Miami coming up on Christmas. Yeah, that is kind of true. Now I've that got you that say as that. a loss. That is so weird. It's like they go to Florida and they just play like crap. Doesn't matter who. Did they just get shocked by the way? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean this is early enough. At least at the end of September it should still be hot mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, so it shouldn't be that true. much. Of a of a shock when you get off the plane, but I don't know. It's just it's just weird that that happens. Then the night game that week, Niners at Broncos. So Russell's yep.
1: first uh, primetime game. Week four, Bears at the Giants. I mean, you should you should. So maybe you're two and two. Mm-hmm. Pats at the Packers. Yep. that'll be an interesting one. At four o'clock or three thirty game. Um. You know, Belichick against Rodgers, I guess there's a little intrigue there. And then the night game that week is Chiefs at Tampa. So that's another pretty big game for, for the Bucks early on. Week 5, Packers in London yep. against the Giants.
0: 8.30 a.m. As soon as you get up, get some breakfast in, you sit down and watch the tube. I, I will just,
1: like, that's one of those things that we should keep our eye on locally do any bars open? Do anything weird? Like, do do they? I mean, I think they have to close, right? I think, I think so. I wonder how long they have to be closed after 2 o'clock.
0: Well, I know the owner of the Looking Glass. I should ask him. Yeah. Because, like,
1: can they close at 2 and reopen at 4? And people are just in drinking Bloody Mary's four hours before the. I mean, I, I'd be kind of curious to know how that would work. Because you know Packer fans are going to get of after it. Of course they
0: are. I love the fact because we air them on WJVL and we, we do the country hall of fame. It's the old, it's the old country that, that the older generation loves. It starts, I think, at like seven, a, seven a.m. That morning, we're going to have Packer pregame starting at six o'clock. Yeah. That's, I mean, Somebody's that's gonna, gonna have to be in there to run the board for the Packers pregame at six a.m. and it's not going to be one of our full timers. It's going to be one of our younger producers, yeah. and they're going to wake up and be like, "I got to do this shit on a weekend <laughs> right. for football pregame at six a.m." I guess the
1: good thing is, is you're done by noon. I, but I guess you know. if you want to look
0: at it positively, yeah. yeah. But oh my, think of the call in show after that.
1: Uh, Bears at the Vikings that week, and then the yeah. good the good game Cowboys at Rams. Okay. Um, week six, Thursday night, the Commanders ugh, at the Bears, and that's an that's an Amazon game.
0: Oh, that's right, we have the Amazon. So I'm not sure is that Herb Street and Michaels? I
1: think so. Yeah, I think. Yep. Okay. And I think Kay Adams from the NFL Network is going to go over and run their, be their pregame person. Okay. So yeah, we'll see. I All think right. I think Amazon had like a playoff game a couple years ago. I want to say right. So, I don't know. Um, Packers at home for the Jets that week.
0: The NFL allows you to take a bye week after London. And they give you the choice. And the Packers said, no, we want it later on in the season. So, I'll be curious because they liked how last year they had a late bye, which clearly did them no good because they lost in their first game of the playoffs. But they like having that late bye to get healthy for the stretch run. So, they purposely chose not to have a bye, which... If you're going to follow up a game in London and you get a home game against the Jets, fine by me. Sure, sure.
1: Um, Marquee game that week, Bills at Chiefs. So that'll be a nice rematch of last year's awesome playoff game. Week 7, Packers at Washington. Um, The Bears Monday night at New England. There's another loss. And Chiefs Niners that afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, Week 8. Baltimore at Tampa Thursday night um that that that's a game I, I the reason I highlighted that game this Brady thing with him coming back I hope for his sake and I'm not the biggest I mean I don't hate Tom Brady but I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan by any means I hope for his sake when he plays a team like Baltimore, who you know is going to have a good defense, that it doesn't happen like what happened to Favre well, on that Monday night when they played the Bears and he basically got his head driven into the into the concrete and that, that we never saw him again. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that doesn't happen to Brady, but like that's one of those games. Short week. Um, Just be aware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, also, that week, Bears at Cowboys. That's a uh, yikes. Packers at Bills Sunday night. This that is, could be a really fun. I wish. I actually wish this game was later in the year, just for weather purposes. Yeah, October. October. 30th, I mean, you might get rain, but you're probably not going to get snow. It's
0: a nice birthday present for me. But Buffalo but Packers we'll in the snow would be pretty cool. It would. And this is in the middle now of a stretch for the Packers, which as soon as you finish on in, in your week to week, I'm going to lay down the schedule and be like, hey. This is a pretty big nine game stretch for Green Bay, and Buffalo is right in the middle of it. Yeah. That when you combine the opponents and the travel and the home and a ways, the NFL did them not many favors when they put this together. Well, it's funny, too, because I think when a lot of people,
1: you know, when the schedules come out and people look at their team and they, you know, they just go down, oh, we're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. It's like, you know, those weeks when you play. You know, the Niners in San Francisco and then you have to play the Jets in New York the next week and you play in Green Bay or Chicago. It's like that's tough.
0: Or on a Sunday night and then a Thursday yep. night. Or, or you go to London and you right. gotta
1: come home and play the following Sunday. Right. I mean that's yeah, so that's, that's tough.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: Um all right, week nine, Dolphins at Bears. Every time I see Dolphins and Bears, it just gives me nightmares of eighty five. When I, those, I stayed up late and watched that Monday night game and Dan Marino just peed all over him. Hate that shit. That's for you, Bear. Uh, Packers-Lions also that week, yep. so that'll be a nice, probably a nice one for the Pack. Mm-hmm. Although they do kind of have the weird stuff up in Detroit, that's right? That's the
0: third straight road game. Okay. Right. So that's, that's what See, I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. You don't look at it that mm-hmm. way. Going, oh, Detroit, yep. that's
1: a win. Um, week 10, Seahawks at Tampa in Munich.
0: Yeah, Germany, first first game there. Yep. Weird. I'm
1: surprised they're sending Tom Brady to Munich.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I am. I, I just I mean, I obviously it's great for the league to have the greatest quarterback of all time playing a football game in Munich, but really you're going to send 45-year-old Tom Brady to Munich in the middle of the season like that's I don't know, is that the best idea?
0: What what na- what nationality is Giselle Bunschten? I don't know, probably She's Swiss, Swiss or, or something, or Swedish, tall and tall and hot, whatever, whatever like, national German,
1: whatever nationality tall and hot is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she
0: is. <laughs> okay, um,
1: Lions at Bears that week. Um, Cowboys Packers. That's it, that's the McCarthy go. homecoming yep. one.
0: Yeah, you, you got one. You got two more games for uh, actually three more games for this for this stretch for Green Bay.
1: Week eleven, Thursday night, Titans at the Pack. So you got to play the Cowboys and then short week against the Titans, who while aren't great, I don't think seeing Derrick Henry on three days rest really is going to get anybody too fired up on that defense. No. But at least both games are at home. Yes. Um. What else we got? Bears at Falcons. Oh, my God. Okay. There's a toilet bowl. <laughs> um, and then nothing really else that week. Week 12, Bears at the Jets. Jesus Christ. And now Fields against Wilson. I mean, I guess maybe that's something I can get excited for in uh-huh. Week 12. Uh, Packers at Eagles Sunday night.
0: Okay. That Eagles seems very interesting. See, and this kind of wraps things up. So you could probably make it 10 for Green Bay. So it starts in Week 3 when they go to Tampa. Then they have New England. Then they're in London. And then they come back to face the Jets. So, I mean... The schedule is really wonky. Even though the the Giants game is technically a home game, you're still traveling overseas. Oh, yeah. And then you come back to play the Jets, which opponent is what it is. Then you've got three straight on the road, even though the Lions are in there. That's no cakewalk. Then you play a Dallas team, highly emotional with McCarthy coming back. And then, like you said, you've got a short rest against Derrick Henry and the Titans on Thursday on Amazon. And then you go back on the road to play the Eagles. And and don't forget the next game.
1: They have to go to the Bears. Look, we both tongue-in-cheek laugh. But, dude, in Week 13, coming off that stretch to have to go down to Chicago, they might be dead, and and the Bears... That's what I'm saying. Sometimes they just beat the Packers,
0: weirdly. So, like, you can say, well, it's Washington and Detroit and the Jets and the Giants, but it's, you know. They'll lose to one of those teams. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you can't run through this gamut of 10 games the way it's lined up and who you're playing and not stub your toe. You just can't. Yeah. Whether it's injury-related or not. I mean, that, like, you just look at that, like you said, win-loss, win-loss. When you take a step back and look at how this is set up, it's not easy at all.
1: So yeah, week thirteen, Bears at Packers. That's an that's oh, it's a noon game. I love it. That <laughs> way, by three thirty, I'll be over over the the ass beating that the Bears get. Week fourteen, they're both off. Yep, finally the bye for Green Bay. Um, not much going on that week. A lot of now um, we're pretty much getting into divisional games. But
0: uh, yeah, but not yeah. Well, week
1: fifteen. There you go. We've got on Sunday, Eagles at Bears. Um, Sunday afternoon, we have Bengals at Tampa, Burrow against Brady. That would be a good one to watch. And then Monday night, Rams at Packers. Yes, there's a good one. There's a good one. Yep. Um, Welcome to Christmas after that. Yeah, Week 16, Christmas Eve, Bills at Bears. (laughs) Christmas Day, Packers at Dolphins. You already said that's an L for you. It is. And then uh, Broncos at Rams. So Russell gets to go back and play his old nemesis. Um, and then Sunday night, Tampa at the Cardinals. So that could be yeah. an interesting one, too. Week 17, Sunday, Bears at Lions. And Packers, Packers, and, Packers Vikings. and Vikings. Packers have that one at home. Monday night, Bills at the Bengals. And then last week, Vikings at Bears, Lions at Packers. So
0: That hopefully will be a rest game, even though, I, I mean, right now, I, I think I, I look so that they're playing, what, 17 now? ballpark i got 11 and 11 and 6 i think that's fair you know I they got a couple fair. of bad losses in there but they got a couple of good wins well as you well. can't i mean
1: they were 13 and 3 13 and 3 and what 14 and 3
0: the last three yeah. years
1: i think yeah i mean you you have to believe that they're going to drop a pieces, couple schedule's well, tough. Just shit happens yes you know you miss a field goal uh, some right. you know you a block kick rogers is gets a concussion. I mean, shit happens in an mm-hmm. NFL season. We know that. Yeah. Once we get a little closer to the season, I'll I'll sit down and do my, I'll print this whole thing out and win loss everybody and see where I come up with oh, like I did last year. But
0: little little early still. Sure. I mean, oh yeah. You know, so you injuries don't even really, happen. You don't know who's uh, the depth chart and no, all that stuff. No. So,
1: but I'm 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 not confident. <laughs>
0: Well, you didn't, this is not the year no, you've been no. saying it. So it's like, this is another one of those, whatever happens, happens. If they got in
1: the 6-7 oh. win range, I think that'd be a pretty good year for yeah. them. I just want to, I just want to see them head in the right direction and see Fields make some strides.
0: That's it. Yeah. All right. We got the hour mark. You want to, uh, should we lay down some Brewer stuff? Yeah. I mean, they just finished up a, a, three-stop road trip. Um, they won the series against the Marlins. Um, they got the rubber match three more homers Colton Wong did everything but sell concessions in the game yesterday like two stolen bases home run single and I think he walked twice too um, so he's he's kind of coming on a little bit um, but again the home run ball and they and they back Woodruff he's now what I think four and two something like that mm-hmm. um getting some run support they're still not doing it for burns but they finished the road trip four and five
1: yeah not great. And, and considering the teams you played, I mean, Atlanta was sub-500 when you went there. They're the, still the
0: defending champions. Yep,
1: yep. But not, not quite the same team. Right. Um, Cincinnati's atrocious. They yes. take two out of three. That hurts. Yes. And then, uh, you know, you played a little bit better against the Marlins. But I'll, I will be perfectly honest, the last three weeks I've probably watched a total of 20 minutes of
0: the Brewers. I figured, just I because just, you're soaked in basketball. Yeah, there's
1: just too much basketball on in the Bucks, and So now going forward for the next couple of months, I'll... I'll get into it. But, you know, it's it's kind of the same old thing with these guys, man. When they face better pitching, they struggle. Mm-hmm. And they rake against the bad teams and the bad pitching. I think they're For the most part, uh, they're two and a half up on the Cardinals. I think they're tied for second best record in the NL like 22 and 13. Um You know, they got Atlanta here the next three at home, Washington Washington. three at home, and then they go on another big road trip at San Diego for three, at the Cardinals for four, at the Cubs for four. So the end of the month is going to be a little challenging. And the first half of the year schedule is a lot of road games. But in the back half, that's going to pay off, you hope. You hope. Um, Hopefully everybody's healthy. I haven't changed my mind about the Brewers really at all. I still think they're – they're a 90 to 95 win team. I think they're going to win the division. Um, it's you know it just boils down to can these guys can these guys score runs in the playoffs against the good teams and the good pitching and you know it looks like it. I mean it's it's hard to say with the Mets they appear for real, but they've done this before. But we know the Dodgers are legit. Um, I think Atlanta will come around and and be pretty good. Uh, the Giants are they just find a way. And the Padres just got a lot of talent, and I, I think you you would hope for them after that collapse last year that right. maybe they learned something because they were really a young team, uh, but we'll see. I mean, it, it's 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 baseball, man, and baseball is it's a long slog. it's a long season, and guys are going to get hurt. You just hope that nobody on the pitching staff gets hurt for a long period of time mm-hmm. with anything serious. I mean, we're to the middle of May, and Hayter's given up two hits. No runs, two hits. I mean, granted, he's only pitched like 13, 14 innings, but still.
0: You know that's not going to... Game's over. That's not going to continue to happen the whole way.
1: No, he's going to give up a couple of home runs that's, and lose a game or two, but you know, like, basically, though, when we're getting
0: to him, the game's over. Right. But I'm... i People kind of flipped out after the series in Cincinnati when they were like, oh, how could you lose to them? It's like like you mentioned, the this, this season's so long. I'm not concerned about losing a series right now. To Cincinnati, you're probably going to get a series against somebody that you don't have any business winning down the line.
1: You're going to go to and the, that's going to go. Out. You're going to go to LA and sweep the
0: Dodgers, right?
1: You're going to play one of the America. You're going to win three out of four against the Twins, something,
0: right? You know? Something's going to happen where where you didn't expect to see, and you're not going to remember that no. So it's like people that try and encapsulate this on a week by week basis, I. You can't look. You can't live and die by that. You can't go so hot, well, so cold, and so much. And it's one of those things, you know. The other night,
1: Burns pitches a gem against the Marlins and gets no run support, but he's pitching against their stud, right? You know, where on a different night, maybe their studs pitching against Hauser, or you go to the next series and and you know you're you're facing the Dodgers and it's Kershaw versus Peralta, like. Sometimes the pitching line matchups don't line up right. like they will in the playoffs. So, right. you might lose to somebody where you think you should win, and vice versa. So,
0: you'll have your number four guy against their stud, of or course. you know what? I mean, that's that's just kind of the nature of things. So, it's I'm not investing so much on the on the series to series stuff. It's like if they lose one here to the Reds, eh, okay. What,
1: what the, I think the most concerning thing, other than the hitting, their defense has been bad. And Lorenzo Cain has been really bad. And I think he might be the George Hill of the Brewers. <laughs> I think council trusts him. He's been in big games. He's come up in big and big spots. But, man, like what is what do they always say? You, you know, you can't outrun Father Time. He's undefeated. And Cain looks like a guy who this is about it for him. And his contract's up. I, I think he'll hang it up. I mean, the guy sat out a year last year or a year, two years ago for COVID. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he has any qualms about calling it a career.
0: Did you read anything today about Adamus' ankle or anything no. like that? Because he, no. he rolled it and went out yesterday in, I think it was the second inning. So I, I would just be curious I haven't. About and that. and
1: McCutcheon, I think, is, God, he's got to be due to come off the
0: COVID list, right? I think so. Pretty soon. I would think.
1: I think he missed almost that whole road trip, right?
0: So, that sounds right. I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch too many. I didn't look at too many box scores, but I never saw his name pop up. So,
1: yeah, I'll try to get into it now again. I mean, bucks are done. BA should be back in the big boy chair. Can push Jeff Levering. Nice guy. Does a nice job. Like you better on radio. Um, you know what? It's funny. uh, This is it. We can go after this. If you're, if you ain't got nothing left, but I went up to see my grandpa today. My grandpa's 91 and, Just go up and check on him, and we got to talking about the Brewers, and he says, "You know, that pre and post game show." He goes, "It well." He goes, "What's that guy with the goatee who's real goofy?" And I go, "Oh, you mean Tim Dillard?" (laughs) And he goes, "Yeah, I don't like that guy." And I said, "Yeah, I don't really like that guy either." Okay. And look, Kashan's good when he's there. He's you know, he's he's fine. Um, but Tim Dillard and Vinny Rotino, that's a that's a pretty big drop off a cliff for me from Jerry Augustine and Davy Nelson. Okay. Augie and Nelly, you're talking sixty years of major say, league baseball experience decades, of yes. playing and coaching yep. versus Tim Dillard who had a cup of coffee with the Brewers and Vinny Rotino, who I like him, local guy, seems like a nice dude. I mean, he was on the Brewers like two weeks in 08. I mean, that's it. Not that these guys don't know baseball, but you know, when you're when you got these other guys, and I don't know, maybe those other guys just were they felt more comfortable. You know, Dillard's got a shtick. He's like funny guy, but he's not funny. That's the thing. See, you know? but it's it, like my like my 55 year old aunt thinks he's funny, or like your mom might think he's funny, but like men that watch the game are like, all right.
0: Like, see, it's, it's funny because the movie I thought he was more uh, like when I when the games that I saw him when he was in for Schroeder, um, when he was actually in the booth doing the games with Levering, I was I was thinking that I was learning more about baseball from him than I did rock. Because I think rock is just he said, everything, said everything that there is yeah. to say yep. or else he's just regurgitating stuff that he knows he said dozens of times. Yeah. But it's like Dillard takes a different angle at stuff. He brings up different things, and I just thought it was a very fresh. I don't go in for pre and post game shows, so I don't. I really, watch don't, any I really of that. don't
1: watch much either. So it's like you tell me when the game. I game's watch on. the game. I don't really need some Ham and Egger to tell me what I just watched. Like I don't go to the movies and then and then go home and turn on a movie review so this guy can tell me how good the movie I just saw was. Like no, I watched the game. I get it. I know what happened. Right you know i mean and and in that respect i agree if if when he's talking baseball fine it's all that other ancillary shit that they're like eh, I, I i get it it's a tv show yeah. blah 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 yeah. but but you know it's a little bit like the Bucs, man with no middleton you know ba leaves he's gone so now levering has to move up a seat then grindel moves into levering's seat and then the other guy who's grindel who's not good moves into grindel's seat glad you said that i, I mean because he's not Boy, it's no. I, I listened to one of their games the other day and I was like, Well I think I think you and Bear or I me and you. you and there there was there That's was what I was thinking. I, I think it was um Oh, it was the it was the Hubie Brown buck game. Uh, I think it was game three where it was Hubie Brown and and I can't remember the guy they did it with. And I love Hubie. God bless him. He's one of my favorite basketball announcers ever. Love the man. He's eighty eight. It's time to go. <laughs> It's time to go. He's getting names wrong. He's like, he's like, he doesn't, he's getting the score wrong. He's getting the team wrong. Like, I'm sitting there listening. And then he's constantly just complaining about Giannis the entire game. I'm just sitting there going, dude,
0: we're better than that. We're better than that. That's how I felt (laughs) when one of my favorite guys. Like, if I ever
1: got to do TV and somebody was giving me stats and I'm watching it on a monitor, oh, I'm better than that. Right. And I don't even, I'm not even saying I'm a professional broadcaster by any means. But, you know, listening to Stan Van Gunny, ah, it's a char. It's like, no wonder all your players hated you. You're grading as fuck. So it had to be all Brian Anderson could do, calling those games and not turn her over to him and go, will you just stop whining?
0: Or can you please get a name right? Jesus. Like, you have the roster and everything in the phonetic well, guide yeah. in front he- of you.
1: Hubie was just too old and Van Gundy just whines too much. Like, shut up.
0: It for me like that was when Summerall started to lose it in football and he's giving incorrect down and in distance or telling you that it's the fourth quarter well, when it's the second. And the
1: and the play by play guy that this happened to recently, who was very, very good at basketball and football both Dick Stockton. Oh he just he got into his eighties and it's like, dude, you lost your fastball, man. It's yep.
0: It's gone, and that's and that's sad to me yeah, because it's like, they're great and, and they're great like at hearing their job, their voice, and like and you know who I think might be close to going. He hasn't gotten there yet, but I can see the next guy in that chain, Al Michaels. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's getting
1: up there. He seems to be kind of like Rain Manny, though. <laughs> and I told you before, the man doesn't eat a vegetable; he just eats steak. Which is probably why he's so healthy at his age. But yeah, some of these guys, you know, if you knew Madden was doing it, you know, Dicky Vitale back in the day, and Vitale's another one. Like you listen to him now, and it's just like, yeah, yeah,
0: it's all dog and pony show mm-hmm. type stuff. Yep. You know, I, well, it's
1: like what you said with Schroeder. It's like I've heard this. I've heard this for thirty years, man. That's what makes guys like Euchre so great, right? Because there's just it's always something new, and there's always a, a story that it seems like I haven't heard.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, well, I no, I totally I totally agree with that. So,
1: but yeah, ESPN. If you're looking for some young talent, <laughs> the just make sure that you get sturdy chairs. Can
0: oh, <laughs> you just had to just take the wind completely out of the sails. <laughs> that hurt me. That hurt a lot. I'm still hurting. I'm going to be hurting. I heard I'm, my
1: chair cry out in terror.
0: They generally do. It's like when, when some I, of these
1: guys, when we're watching games, when they shoot jumpers and they hit all board. When I and I'm like, Jesus Christ! The backboard just whimpered.
0: I told my wife that I did that. And that's <laughs> yeah. She sent a like, yeah, e- not, like the not, tug collar very, type yeah. of thing. So yeah, you can you can build that to the uh, the intentional foul broadcast we'll charges of the game. It's all. Um, good. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so bad. All right. Hopefully this gets posted. Just, just and make sure tomorrow on the radio that you absolutely tell on yourself, hundred percent. You yep. know I do. I really
1: need. I, I probably won't hear when you tell. You Beggs, tell me when to
0: mention it, and no. I will mention it. That no. I I will completely do that. And I know what. You know what? If anybody's going to understand, it's probably Beggs.
1: Oh yeah. I know. Hundred percent. Because I'm sure if he's there's done a larger it. human being in the county than you. It's Mr. Beggs, and God love him, but in the
0: county, large large
1: man. Large wow. man. God love him. Golf cart uh, by himself, though. <laughs> you might as well just get a segue. That bastard's on two wheels anyway. I, I love you, beggar. I need
0: to go. Thank I God you
1: don't me. listen to this. I need to get out of here. That's
0: the <laughs> intentional. I got tears in my eyes. That's the intentional foul for this week. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribe. Hopefully, Apple Podcast will do us right when we upload this thing. So until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then. Love you, Bucks. Go, Brewers.